Hey guys, it's Corinne. And it's rainy, and man, was Saturday night a time. We want to thank everybody for coming out, everybody that helped make it possible. Andre, Jackie, Lucas, Danica, Raha, Jaya Rosanna, our great DJs, Andrew Lau, Paul Fisher's partner Lisa, and my mom and grandma for helping set up. We also want to thank our wonderful sponsors, Broadcloth Hospitality, Bar 3, Flight, Friends of the Arts in the Andes, Johnny for donating that tequila, Samantha from Side Launch from the beer, Scott for hooking us up with Samantha, and the lovely Kit Flowers, Lindsay Anderson Wallace, my sister. Amazing. We had an amazing time, and we want to thank everybody that came out and spent their time and their money on us, watched our film, people that have already listened to our podcast. Yeah, we've got so many lovely comments from people, and it, we and Corinne appreciate it so much. Yeah. Um, if anybody wants to reach out, our email address is galpalprods at gmail.com, G-A-L-P-A-L-P-R-O-D-S at gmail.com. Yeah. Thanks, so how are you right now, Rainy? I'm good. I am much better than I was after our party. Did, were you Let, hungover? No. Okay. <laughs> the thing. Was not hungover. Stopped drinking at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And then went home and proceeded to have the flu for three straight days. Oh, God. And, I mean, not getting into detail, but my jeans fit a lot better now. <laughs> Slid right into those suckers today. <laughs> Amazing. Um, just talking about things that are happening in the dance world and in the arts world in Toronto right now. Yeah. If you're paying attention to social media at all. Ontario <laughs> Arts Council. Yeah. They're in... I mean, they're just robbing people the wrong way a little bit. Yeah. Everybody's like feeling that it's really hard to get money as artists to run amazing festivals and to run amazing workshops and no one can get money and no one understands why. Right. It was, I found it really interesting that that happened after we just released our podcast with Nicole, where we talk a lot about, um, monetary value and how there's so many artists in this city and so many wonderful artists that you know, need grants and need funding. And there's just, from the sounds of it, there's just not enough. Yeah. Or nobody knows, nobody knows how to get it. Yeah. So where's all that money going? Yeah. And we've had, I mean, we've had our own run-ins where we've been denied grants. All the time. All the time. Like for very small reasons. Yeah. Um, Technicalities most of the time. Yeah. So we just need to find a way to fix that. I think. Is there other ways for us to get funding? Without moving to the middle of nowhere, where there's nobody. Right. Why, like, why can't we live in a city that has other artists that also want to work a lot? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to go to Whitehorse yeah. <laughs> to get yeah. funding? Whitehorse. <laughs> yeah, why do we have to go to Whitehorse to get funding? I mean, there's a lot of wonderful places and a lot of wonderful intensives and organizations that really do need funding and are doing great things, and it's, it's really unfortunate that... Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there, there's just it seems like there's just not enough money yeah. in this province, or in this country. Even if you're applying to Canada Arts Council and Ontario Arts Council and Toronto Arts Council, yeah. If you're applying to all of them and you can't get anything, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. So, um, for everybody out there that is feeling the the wallet strings on that, um, we're sorry and we feel for you, and we're out here. Yeah. Let us know if you have any questions or if you have anything to comment about that. Yeah, totally. And we'd like love to discuss it. Sweet.
We're here today with Frank Russo, a stand-up comic new to Toronto. He is homeless and looking, so if you have any apartment <laughs> listings, let him know. Ladies. We'll put the email in the link. <laughs> um, this is it. Oh, well, now that you said this, it gets all stressful. Oh, yeah. Sorry. You stressing? No, it's all right. <laughs> I'm doing okay. You guys load me up with enough coffee. Apparently, it gives you cancer now. I saw that this morning. I did. Yeah. They're like seeing Starbucks. Is yeah. No, Star they said Starbucks they lost. Uh, yeah. You have to now disclose. You have to point out you get cancer. Yeah. That's so crazy. I drink way too much coffee. If, if, I mean, everything. No, I'm with cancer. the... I'm, that's, that's how I feel. I'm like, literally, everything in this world is giving us cancer, so... I'm calling bullshit, uh, just because I'm Italian, and every Italian knows one, like, friggin' Nona who lives to be 109, and all she drinks is, like, eight cups of espresso. <laughs> <laughs> that's her whole diet, and, like, one biscotti, that's it. Uh, <laughs> one biscotti. Yeah, so I'm not, uh, I'm not buying it. Yeah. Right. Um, Tell us a little about yourself before yeah, we go on. Uh... I'm homeless uh, <laughs> at the moment. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. I just kind of do whatever is happening, and that's not the best life strategy I am learning so far. Uh, You're a comedian. I'm yeah. a comedian, yes. Yeah. Uh, I just, I'm in Toronto now. All right. I'm not technically speaking to anybody. Uh, you, can, you can speak to us. Yeah. Speak to you guys. Here. All right. Uh, Where are, you, are you from Toronto? I'm from Bra born in Brampton, lived in Sudbury, Moved to Halifax and they came back. Cool. So, yeah, like, we're in Toronto in the sense of, is Brampton the GTA now? It might be it, getting It never close. used to be. It might be getting close. <laughs> it's getting close. My brother had asthma, so we were in the smog bubble. So, like, we're from Toronto in that sense. Um, <laughs> so how did you get into comedy then? Did you, like, do it in university? Or uh, I do it in university. Is that something? I mean, well, no, like, did you, like, go, did, I were you going to, like, comedy clubs when you were going to university? I forget that it was a uh, school down here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you, like, join an improv club? Like, no. Okay. Uh, I was super depressed one summer. Uh, <laughs> didn't oh what the fuck? no uh, yeah I was having a really rough summer one year and I had really bad insomnia as well I will drink this eventually uh, it's really hot it's fine that's okay uh, yeah so I was having just like a rough summer and I didn't I wasn't sleeping and when I don't sleep I usually go on like my best writing spells I've learned now but back then it was just a problem uh, so yeah, and one of my friends that I was working with used to think it was hilarious as shit whenever I'd just go off on a tangent about something. She was like, you should be a comic. And I was like, no. Uh, <laughs> you just shot it down. No. Just no. Yeah. Just uh, no. When yeah. you're depressed, you say no to lots of things. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I get, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, she worked on me for like three months where she just got bugging me with it. And then one day, because I was, hadn't slept in like three weeks at that point. Uh, she was like, okay, well, since you're up anyways, write something, give it to me, I'll read it, whatever. And mm. like, if it's not funny, then you don't have value again. Mm. So, uh, whatever, it was up that night, wrote something, uh, gave it to her the next day. She thought it was really funny. Uh, she asked me if, uh, she could, if I could, if I would perform it, I said no. Uh, Did she like run a comedy club? No, she this just... is just she's just there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> she's just she's just there. actually she's my really good friend. Hello, uh, So, um, anyways, yeah, she was like whatever, and then so I said no to doing it, and then she was like, okay, well, can I sell this to somebody else for them to do it then? And it took me like a day, and I sat on it, and I was like, it would bother me more to watch someone else have because yeah, you know, if I'm not going to have happiness, nobody will. That's a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like you want to do it because like yeah. you wrote it. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Uh, yeah. No, still didn't want to do it at that point. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh really? Okay. 
All right. So like another three weeks went by, whatever, and then literally one day I just snapped and like got annoyed with it. It was just like, fine, you like pick a mic and I'll do it, right? And then that'll be the end of this. And then I came back the next day and she's like, all right, we're in Toronto in two weeks because I had learned at that moment that she used to manage bands. Oh, okay. <laughs> she was trying to like manage you, yeah. Or like she like turned into uh, no, but she knows mode. all the ways to like hook you up with stuff. Uh, oh, manager cool. mode, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, two weeks later, because I didn't want to do it in Sudbury, because I didn't want anyone to know I was doing it, um, <laughs> as you do. So uh, yeah, we drove down to Toronto, which I do not recommend um, because it's just like five hours of like driving to your own funeral because you know this is gonna end poorly. Uh, <laughs> like the anxiety build up why did you think it was going to end poorly oh, I'm going to st- bring you back to the start of the story where I was really depressed uh, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. did you just have like sure. high sure. anxiety going into it like was it like nerves about talking in front of someone was it nerves about people like what was the exact anxiety about it um, I think just the idea that it was new mm-hmm. like it's I don't know like yeah. there, it wasn't some I wasn't too worried about speaking in public I wasn't too worried about the jokes because I really didn't give a shit what people thought anyways Um, but it was just yeah it was just me spacing out I actually got more nervous because I didn't like what I had written down at that point because I knew which comic I was trying to sound like Mm -hmm. Uh, and which comic was that? uh, at the time because I was like 24 uh, Daniel Tosh Uh, that's gone (laughs) away Uh, (laughs) (laughs) hey you know what he's still funny in doses I like him Uh, (laughs) like 30-second doses. I'm, I'm aware people have strong feelings. Uh, that's how I feel about Dane Cook. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he had, like, a very short-lived fame. Well, would you say that? I would say he's still... I mean, he doesn't do any stand-up anymore, but... Oh, uh, yeah, he does. Oh, he does? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> that's a, that's a bad it. start. Yeah, he's just quit doing stand-up. Uh, no, he still tours. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oops. Anyway, so you were trying uh, to sound like Tosh. Yeah, so I'm, like, I, the way I'd structured my jokes were a lot like his, because you can... Jokes, like, structures, traded... You, the things have to be original, but set up punchline is always set up punchline kind of yeah. thing. So yeah, there's structure to it. Um, and so I changed them all on the way down there and just turned it into like this weird story that made no sense in looking back on it. Uh, but after it was done, it was at Giggles at the Groove, uh, at Groove Bar on Danforth. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I remember. Uh, and did it. I thought it went forever because uh, it was only supposed to be like five minutes and then I got off stage and I was like holy shit that was like the longest five minutes ever and he was like no it was like nine we let you run I was like dude I was like shitting my pants up there <laughs> Why did you I was like desperately run? waiting for this light to show up yeah. uh, and he was like no was like, you look like you're having fun so he told me to hang out afterwards because I was going to be done who was this person that told you uh, that? The, bar t- the manager at the time okay. uh, I don't know his name because I'm really bad with those mm-hmm. uh Anyways, he told me to hang out afterwards, and we did, and then he was just like, uh, if you're thinking about doing this, you can hear that you're going to pick it up very fast. Uh, okay. Like, just, he's like, that wasn't good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, like, you can tell that you're going to pick it up. And I was like, oh, okay. And then went back to Toronto the next day and bombed horrifically. So, uh... <laughs> but was that, like, a seed planted where it was, like, yeah. enough confidence boost to, like, make you try again? Uh, it, I didn't see it as something that I would be good at. Mm. Uh, and then just when he kind of pointed out that, I, and he's not the first person who told me to like, get into comedy, as my friend had and a couple others. Um, but like, yeah, it, that was from someone who sits here every week and watches mm. like just dozens and dozens of people walk half his bar. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was, a, that was an unnecessarily nice gesture from that person. Uh, so yeah, and it made me want to do it again. But Sudbury didn't 
have anywhere to do it, so I'd have to keep driving down to Toronto yeah. for five like hours? So four yeah. For like four hours at a time, and then you come down and you would do like five minute spots. So might, you might get like fifteen minutes in the night or something, and then you drive back to Sudbury. And it's not paying; they're not paying no. you, right? Uh, no, they're no. paying you. Like I'm like shot. seven sets in. Who would? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, people still aren't paying me, so. Yeah. So uh, I used to go down, but then I realized that, like, because I was I was still at full time job and everything, so I would like leave Sudbury at four, get down here, do whatever, get back in the car, get back mm-hmm. there at like three in the morning, four in the morning, and then go to work at like seven. What was your uh, full-time job at the time? Uh, I was working for the government uh, at the CRA for a job that I still do not fully understand what my job was. Uh, <laughs> if you looked at my thing, if you looked at my thing, it just said controller, and I don't know what I controlled. So, what, did you send emails or no? Uh, <laughs> I had to take tubs of work and just put them in front of desks. That's it. They still were on like a paper system back then. Oh so, my God. Yeah, and this is like in the 2000s, not like way, way back when. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, after 2010. So um, yeah, they just people send in their paper uh, tax forms still, apparently. Still? Yeah. Uh, and it was my job to physically pick up tub from here and place there. Like that oh, was okay. my whole day. That was my whole day. Your eight hour day. Uh, seven and a half. Cause we get half hour lunch. Uh, <laughs> details. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that was my full time job. So I was just showing up there exhausted shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as you do. And, uh, but it was cool cause I like really fast realized I, this is not sustainable. Um, so I didn't have time to learn on the same curve everyone else did. So I started just picking up little tricks where like I would go to the shows and be like 15 guys in a lineup. So I would just bring a piece of paper with me and write down all the topics that everyone talked about. And then I would get back in the car on the way home and be like, all right, nine guys made UFC jokes. I won't make UFC jokes. Uh, seven guys made jokes about whatever Doug Ford. I won't tell jokes about Doug Ford. It's like background is already covered. So I had to find other ways to like. Amazing. Yeah. That's actually very creative and like very <laughs> smart. Yeah. That's super smart of you. Uh, so time. when you, after uh, you performed, well, like, that's sorry. like what you have to do though, right? Uh, I guess. Yeah. You like have to make do with the time you have and like your capabilities. That's survival and... skills right there. Literally. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. Make, make do with time you have. I listen to every podcast. I mean like from professional, like Joe Rogan ones, Bill Burr ones, yeah. down to like just some fucking yuck yucks one of some guy I'd never heard before. And mm-hmm. then I would just listen to all the things that they would say and complain about and whatever overlapped, I would listen to that and everything else was just your opinion. <laughs> uh, no. Cause like you will hear people who's like, Oh, well, uh, People doing stuff for charity will always ask you to work for nothing, blah, blah, blah. Just ways to like, make mm-hmm. sure you get yours because there's like no shortage of people who will ask you to do it for free. Yeah. Uh, or the exposure. Delicious exposure. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I live off that for days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after you did, because you said you were depressed before. You and bet. after you did the stand-up and you like got into it and were driving back, did you find that it like pulled you out of the... They gave me something to do. Uh, yeah. Distracted you enough? It was distracting enough and it was fun enough. Because it was just, like, a strange thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I never thought that far into it. <laughs> no. Uh, Do you find, like, you're very happy when you're writing and you're performing more? Uh, performing, yes. Writing, no. Writing is, like, just... Writing is, like, cardio. I do it. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> How long does it take you to write a, like, write a full... To sit down and write? Yeah. Um, forever. Uh, <laughs> constantly in progress. Well, I got really good at, I find if I stand up and move around, I can, it's, I used to sit down and write and I'd write in bullet points and then I would just jumble all the bullet points until it made some sort of sense. And then just progress. I was running two rooms in Halifax twice a week 
for the whole time I was there. Oh, wow. uh, so I just got really efficient at it. And because like the audience doesn't change that much and you can't just go up there and tell the same shit you did last week. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I would go to High Life, which is one of the rooms I would run. I'd try out all the new shit because they're stoned. What do they know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I would take it to my other room, kind of like work out all the kinks there. And then I would bring it back to the other room. And it, it would be so different from the first time I told it. I could get away with doing like three minutes of all the new shit this time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I would just, I'd leave everything at 80% and then I would take it all to other rooms and just work out the kinks to get to the 90, 100. Nice. Because there's nothing that's ever done. No. 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 Even, no. They're not, never done. Also, are you de- you're developing jokes like on the fly probably when you're... You're developing jokes on the fly, but a lot of it is just learning. It's a language. Um, mm-hmm. And just kind of casually understanding... It's like, I have my degree in psych, so this is the only thing I've ever used before. <laughs> um, we also had someone else in psych on our podcast. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, though, because you learn, like, little tricks to people, and they're super helpful in comedy. Like, um, if I go up on stage and tell you that, let's start telling you a story about, like, I hate my ex-girlfriend. She's such a bitch. Like, we should have woken up long ago. Like, she was the worst, blah, blah, blah. I'm relying on you to like me. Which, like, half of you just hearing me tell those jokes might be like, well, fuck this guy. Like, it's automatic. That's but, my instant reaction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I can flip that and tell you those exact same jokes, but this time just word it as, like, have you ever been dating someone for so long? And you just hate each other. And now you're like, I remember Steve. Like, yeah. now I can steer this joke, tell you all the same things, but I'm doing it from behind your head. Right. But, because it becomes more relatable, right? What? Because it becomes relatable. It becomes relatable. Um, I don't like... A lot of guys who go up and make it seem like I do this, and it's like, no, we all do that. Like, this is we just don't chat about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, just, I find I've been trying to not the stuff that you guys saw before, uh, but in all of my current stuff, uh, I have a theme where it's just uh, stupidity is the one thing that we all have in common. Like, we all know little things, but most of us have no freaking clue how like ninety five percent of the rest of the world works, and yeah. in that, we are all the same. And it's, uh, yeah, it's like everybody is the dumbest person someone else has ever met, regardless of intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because all it takes is that one off day. They only have to see you do something dumb once for them to be like, look at this broad. And then just like keep driving, (laughs) right? Like they'll never see you again. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone has had those moments and it's perfectly fine. Uh, you ever gotten halfway through a bowl of soup and thought this would have been delicious if I didn't bring the shit out of my mouth for the first three bites? Anyone you ask. Uh, so yeah. it's just, yeah, and I find a lot of people like argue now about everything, and most of the time it's just you don't want to be wrong, but it's like if you accept that we're all kind of stupid, it's incredibly liberating. Because uh, so <laughs> you, you can stop and go, yeah, I messed up. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, When's the worst that like, you've ever bombed? Oh, the worst I've ever bombed. Uh, oh, that was the first time I ever brought a girl to a show. Uh, <gasps> oh, you bet. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait. Got up on stage, got. The first joke, and I think the next two lines out, and then blanked. Just outright blanked. No. And that was, at a, that was at a point in time where I did not have any sort of skills to be able to cover for that. <laughs> <laughs> to be, you, like, had no, yeah, like, that was, I had, like, maybe 11 minutes of material <laughs> at that point. Uh, so, yeah, I just, uh, and just got up, blank, kind of looked out at everybody, was just like, all right, bye. And like, just put the mic back and like walked off stage. And it was just like, well, 
there was that happened. Like that's just. <laughs> wow. Did you? I mean, did still you? Still got laid, yes. Yeah, okay. uh, <laughs> I mean, I was just going to ask if the relationship continued. But... <laughs> and that's when I realized I might be onto something. Uh... <laughs> I can go up and bomb and then still have sex. Well, no, it's and because you realize it over time. Uh, I always laugh when people get nervous uh, before they go on because like nobody leaves their house going, "Well, I hope this show is shit." Like they have a vested interest in you doing well, so yeah, yeah. like it's they're on your side. Like, yeah. the biggest fear in the world is public speaking, so most of them are in awe of the fact that you're even up there. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's so you have the benefit of the doubt. Just do your thing. I've never thought about it, like, that way, That way, honestly. Yeah. Like, the audience doesn't want you to do bad, so don't be nervous. Yeah. No, they're all, they're all on your side. They paid to get in. Except for, like, <laughs> I would argue and say that other comics or other people of the same artistry, they're not hoping that you do bad, but they're just going to be more critical. Oh, right? yeah, of course. Do you find other comics, like, other people, other comics are more critical? Oh, we're all just jaded human beings, that's all. Uh, <laughs> it's not that we're critical, it's just, I can, like, when I used to go to Yucks on the weekend uh, in Halifax, if I was not, I would just, wa- I'd watch you two nights at least. Once I would watch you, once I would watch the audience. And I want to know what the difference is here. Like, there are some guys who don't have very well-written jokes, but they can crush just on, like, body movement. And like, there's a sure. di- there's a natural engagement. Cr- yeah engagement. Yeah. There's like a whole body charisma going on kind of thing. And like, uh, I used to make the joke. Adam Christie would tell a joke, and like in written form, it's not the funniest joke. But then he'd shimmy his shoulders, and everyone laughed their asses off. And I just watch <laughs> it. And I'm like, hey, how did that work? Yeah. Like, what am I missing here? Uh, right. And you just realize that like the slower you can take things. I've learned that now. Where like just taking a half step back while telling a joke. If it's in the moment of that joke, that itself is its own punchline, and you can kind of drag stuff out. So it's really cool. It's always changing, and there's always shit you can figure out. Are you? You're, are you? Do you do a lot of physical comedy? Uh, no. No. <laughs> it's not really like you. I'm not saying. a. No, I'm not like a very uh, physically active person. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you get what I mean. Uh, <laughs> I'm a physically active person, but like I'm not, yeah, I'm not very eccentric in that way. Yeah. But you said you were Italian. I am Italian. Uh, so it's like talking with hands. I'm talking with hands, but like I won't, like no, physical comedy is like you drop and sit-ups and shit like that. Uh, oh. Yeah. I think like Robin Williams, like when I think physical comedy. I do not uh, sweat during my set. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So you're not doing tons of cocaine. I'm not doing, <laughs> not doing tons of coke. I have not gotten to that part of my career yet. Uh, it's pretty common though, right? It is pretty common and just to be honest, the longer I've like hung out and the, if my mom's listening to this, I'm not going to do cocaine. Uh, <laughs> I just used to make the joke with my friends that like I've met a whole bunch of comics who used to do a ton of blow and are now like really successful but they all had that burnout phase but when yeah. you listen to them tell their stories, you realize they did all of the climbing during the cocaine phase. <laughs> Where it's like just had all this extra energy to be like going to parties, meeting people, and stuff like that. I was like, maybe coke is what I'm missing from my life. Uh, Again, mom, I'm not doing cocaine. Uh, (laughs) You think it's like like an entry door to get like more successful as a comedian? No, uh, no, no. no. Well, great way to make friends from what I've gathered. Uh, (laughs) I guess it depends who you ask. It depends who you ask. I've worked in like the bar industry for a very long time, and I never did it. And I've seen lots of people do it, and I've seen it ruin like too many people's lives yeah. so I'm yeah. always like ah whatever plus like I don't really want to be like awake and jittery I just said that because I've seen so many comics like when we go to comedy shows uh, up at Eglinton what's it called 
the comedy club there. Yeah, is it? Yeah. It's not yeah. No, uh, uh, absolute. No. Absolute. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And we saw two guys go on right after each other, and they were flying. Oh yeah. Ooh. Like so much that me and Lucas went, like we grabbed each other and like held back because they were flying so hard on some sort of drug. I'm assuming cocaine. And like yeah. it was so noticeable in their eyes because they're on stage and the lights are there. Oh yeah. It's, it's very noticeable when a comedian <laughs> none, is None on of drugs, this is I shocking. Uh, yeah. No, I'm not shocked either at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite one, I was in Edmonton once uh, at the comic <laughs> strip. And this is the first time I'd ever seen someone. Like, I, I knew comics do coke and all that stuff. But this is the first time I'd ever seen someone physically do coke yeah. uh, at a club. Ugh. And it was just this guy who, like, came Like in. a comedian or ever? Comedian. Uh, yeah. Although I don't know what level he's at because I only met him this time. Um, and there seems to be some arguments. Uh, but he <laughs> came in, he like had his backpack, he sat down, he's very professional, took out his book, took out his pen, started like whatever, looking at his stuff, thinking about what jokes he's going to do, stopped for a second, took out this tin from his bag, put a bump on the back of his hand, and just did it. And then like went back to writing Was it like in the green room? or like no, out? it was just out in the open. Uh, oh, out in the tables, yeah. Oh my God. So we watched him do it, and I was just like, holy shit. Like that was the first... And then he proceeded to go up and have just like the worst bomb I've ever seen. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And it was like, he was trying to do dark jokes, but, like, there's a way to do them, and if you forget to add punchlines, it stops kind of sounding like jokes and more like what you did on the weekend, and it's really hard to discern between the two. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was just, like, this creepy, uncomfortable nine minutes where we were all just watching it, like, oh, shit. Just watching it go downhill. And, but, like, you can see him, like, panicking in his brain. And it, at that moment in my head, I'm just like, yo, I bet the coke is just ruining this. Because, <laughs> like, you're high. You can, like, slow process your way into something else. But, like, I assume when you're on coke, you're just like, what do we do now? Like, it's... <laughs> it's like distraction. Yeah. Everywhere. I've met those people. I've got, like, nine new business ideas. Just tell them about those. <laughs> <laughs> Your idea is yeah. so real. <laughs> who are your uh, favorite? Like, who were your favorite comics? Uh, or who are now? Who are? Uh, well, if they're dead, uh, they're still yeah, my favorite. Uh, George Carlin is a big yeah. one. Um, Richard Pryor, uh, Bernie Mac. Who else is in there? Uh, Brian Regan. Just he's like I, every Brian Regan does not fit in with the rest of that group at all. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, no, he's just like super clean and he can crush mm. you without everyone swearing, um, or telling you something that's like too dirty. <laughs> so it's like a weird, unique skill. There's, um, I was going to say that's a skill in comedy. It being is. Being able to a clean show. Yeah. Yep. Uh, doing a clean show, whatever Carrot Top does, as much as I don't like prop comedy, I will give it to him. He's like worth billions of dollars or whatever. So, Hey, you got paid. Uh, mm-hmm. whatever yeah, works. Yeah. He's done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nobody else does it. Cause that guy does it that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and also I would never want to be compared to Carrot Top. Hey, you know what? <laughs> But wait, so Steve Martin did prop comedy, didn't he? Like his uh, first yeah. stand-up. He did it for, uh, yeah, he was like a whole show. He had music and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and he was doing arenas back before arenas right. were a thing. And then he just got bored and was like, okay, peace. Eh. But that would never, like, that would never work anymore, what his stand-up was, right? Um, I think if you did it well enough. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Bo Burnham popped up for a bit, and I didn't That's get true. I didn't get that at all. So uh, <laughs> not knocking him or anything like that. Yeah. I just I have to watch it in segments, and then yeah. like my brain will try and process it. And then somebody explained it to me that just I had to stop thinking about it as stand up comedy 
and think of it more as like a variety show kind of idea. Right. And once that was explained to me, I was like, oh, okay. Now it's okay. Yeah, because a lot of his jokes were like, if you, because like you said, comics watch everything critically. Uh, if you actually listen to his jokes from his earlier specials, it's just like a 20 year old kid calling girls like sluts and whatnot. And I'm just oh. like, yo, I watch open micers come in with this stuff every week and you all like hate them to death. Yeah. And Probably, then he was, I would hate it. he was getting around it for a while. Cause everyone was like, well, well, he's cute and whatnot. And I was like, yeah, but this has like all of the trappings of one day, some girl mid, mid middle of his show is just going to stand up and go, this guy's kind of an asshole. Yeah, and like, that's just going to snap the fog for everyone. <laughs> yeah. I hope that happens. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like you said with Dane Cook. He was this huge thing for a while. And then one day someone just went, he's kind of a dick, eh? And like, that was it. It all just, yeah. <laughs> no, it's here. Yeah. Um, I want to like rephrase something. So I didn't mean comics are critical when they watch everything. I mean, like another comic would be more critical right. of a, another comic on stage than an audience member. Depends who it is. Um, there are some comics I just watch because I enjoy. Uh, if you ever get a chance to watch Matt Wright, I think he's just hysterical and like wildly enjoyable. Is he in the city? Uh, he's from Newfoundland. Uh, he writes for 22 Minutes right now. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, no, I'm just, I, I, I think I've told him several times I am his biggest fan. <laughs> As a he just makes me laugh my ass off. And he's like, I watched him crush a room eating like tomatoes out of his pocket once, saying nothing, just like little <laughs> finger foods or whatever. And I was like, God like damn cherry it. Like, tomatoes. He, yeah, he's just so goddamn likable. I hate him. <laughs> Would you ever go into writing instead of? Because you're a stand-up comic. That's what you would classify yourself as. Uh, sure, why not? Uh, I mean, is that so? Uh, yeah. Uh, I would like to get into I want to try everything. Like, I, worst case scenario, I assumed stand-up comedy would, like, lead me into marketing or something like that. Like, advertising. Because those are the same deals. You get to come up with weird shit that's catchy. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, you just got to be paid to, like, do it in a certain direction. Um, but, yeah, that was always, like... Do you think you would have the same creative freedom? Uh, I doubt it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you would have to be probably a little more like PC and. Yeah, there's not a lot of porn jokes in uh, Pepsi commercials. Uh. <laughs> Definitely not. No. no. They look they look like a softcore porn, but there's no jokes. That's yeah. uh, that's the difference. <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, so we were talking about comic and like being. Or sorry, we were talking about comedy as an art. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I would consider writing like what you just explained, how you do your writing process. Yeah. I would consider that art. So yeah. So then why don't you consider the performing part? Well, not, it's art. not just him, but also, art. sorry, sure. Ontario, is it Ontario Arts Council doesn't classify comedy? Uh, all, all of them don't, I think. For sure. Or none of the, none none. Of the Arts Council no. classify mm. co- comedy as art. Uh, well, I, I'm sure we're art, uh, which is not art worth money. That's <laughs> but I mean, then anybody could argue that none of it's worth money, which is a terrible thing to say. Uh, right? I don't know. My friend's uncle works on one of the councils in Nova Scotia, and his daughter was telling me one year they gave money to someone who just danced in a forest for seven days. So I have no fucking clue where any of this cash goes. <laughs> that's, that's real, though. Like, you know, <laughs> artists continually trying to get money. It's yeah, unbelievably difficult. But like, I I think it's just, I don't know if it's I don't know if this occurs in other art communities. I assume acting because there tends to be a little bit of overlap or whatever. But mm-hmm. like, comedy's full of weird people who like the world is full of weird. No, people. I know, but uh, <laughs> because you have to have like a certain ego to do comedy to a degree, I guess, or at least a lot of guys start out with one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that slowly gets grind down. Uh, <laughs> 
But they, uh, but like, I used to make the joke when I was running my shows, it takes about three mics for you to get comfortable starting off doing comedy, and it takes about four mics for you to start telling me how you could run this room better. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, everyone I ever met after like a handful of sets were just like, you know what I would do if I ran this thing? And it's like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> I probably won't see you in three months. Like, it's, uh, there's so much like people who just wash out of everything, and but there's also a bunch of people who like, Time is, yeah, there is no correlation between time and skill in comedy. Mm-hmm. Just okay. because you've been in it for a long time doesn't mean you're going to get better at it. Oh. Uh, and there are some guys who have been doing it for 20 years who I used to like close my eyes and be like, dear God, when we gave them five minutes. And there are some guys who have been doing it for six months who I'd let headline tomorrow. Like, it's, it's an unfair game. Mm, uh, yeah. yeah. And so, but you'll, if you hang around it long enough, you'll start to see like some of those people like, now teach comedy schools. And you're like, what? And mm. it's always people that you're like, oh, okay. And then they'll like go town to town, do like these open mic gigs, rip off like six or seven kids and then fuck off. Uh, uh, and so it depends what the, they're giving you money for. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. They give it, yeah, because you think writing, like as yeah. a novelist or as a fictional writer. Or but you're doing, you're, so when you write a book, uh, your book exists. If I write a set and then have a mental breakdown tomorrow, no one's going to hear that set. <laughs> uh, but it's like... There's no guarantee that you'll follow through or perform with anything in this. And whether or not, and also, if the government gives you money, it's kind of like a weird, uh, not association, but like they're confirming you. Not, uh, confirming is the wrong word. I'm coming, running out of ideas here. They're associated with you at that point. And then right. if you turn around tomorrow and start making like Nazi misogynistic jokes and shit, they can't, someone's going to be like, yo, you gave him money. And then from there it's all, <laughs> I guess like that's, that isn't a, that's, that's a good way. Yeah, to everyone it. goes yes. through their Bill Hicks phase once. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a, that's a good way to put it and an interesting way to put it. But like, that's what I mean though, is you're espousing, cause how many comics have you seen go from like top of the mountain to like in shit tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, I mean, and that line is so thin. It's like you're constantly... What's her name? Uh, Kathy Griffin it, Like did that Kathy Griffin one head thing, thing yeah. or whatever. Could you imagine if the government was giving her cash? Like, that would have been... <laughs> True. That's a really interesting way to look at it with the government funding. Yes. Um, but I think that, like, art and performing in general is supposed to push those boundaries, right? In, yeah. Uh, until you have, like... This is... The joke about comedy is that you can't write it down. Because, uh, again, if you guys publish a painting, they can take a picture of your painting, put it in the paper, and be like, is this offensive? Uh, if you write any joke I tell down verbatim, <laughs> it's offensive. Yeah, uh, it's now, it sounds, now it becomes statements. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. So it's really hard to, like, when you get in trouble in comedy, it's really hard to get out of it uh, because people then just start, like, nitpicking everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Has, has anyone, has the audience ever turned on you? Uh, jokes? Has. As it, say it again, sorry. Has the audience ever turned on you for like a joke that you said or like uh, what you're just say, saying? Like, has they ever, have you ever had that moment where you're just like, it's not funny anymore? It's offensive? Uh, not that it's not funny anymore. I've had lots of jokes where I know that like the first time it comes out of my mouth, I'm just like, hoo hoo, that was wrong. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, cause like there's a whole thing to it, right? Like there's a rhythm and whatnot. And sometimes you just, you're in a rush, you forget it's Brit new. You drop a line here. All of a sudden this means this now, like there, there's sure. so many little mechanics to it. Uh, and sometimes stuff just comes out of your face wrong. Uh, yeah. and like, uh, I have, uh, a bell let's talk joke that the first time I did it was 
probably incredibly insensitive. Uh, <laughs> and now it's like one of my better jokes though because it makes perfect sense because it's structured properly. But if you're going to wade, uh, is it Dave Chappelle or whatever? It's like the best bomb hard because uh, if you're going to wade into sensitive topics, there's you can't do this at home. Like I can't do it to a mirror and be like, yeah, that works. Like I have to right. bounce it off you guys just because I find it funny. And even if I do find my original premise funny and I realize that it's not working off you, I have to curtail it anyways. Like, cause you okay. are, yeah, it's, that's the whole joke. Uh, what everyone, I always talk to people and they hate going to open mics, uh, because they'll watch some guy go on stage and say something stupid and they feel like it's overbearing and it's attacking me, blah, blah, blah. And you feel powerless or whatever. It's like, no, you're the audience. You have the power. Like I've seen, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's nothing more heartwarming than watching a comic soul die on stage as you guys <laughs> just deadpan him. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you see his shoulders fold in, they'll just start reciting their, like, you can see them reciting just whatever the rest of their joke is into nothingness, and they become, like, disconnected with you too, and usually you'll hear, like, somebody scream laughing in the back, that's the other comics. <laughs> <laughs> and, because we've all been there, and it's just, sometimes yeah. it's not working, and you're just like, oh no, and then you see all the doors where that person could have gotten out, and for whatever fucking reason, they just kept talking, and you're like, oh no! Yeah. What? Uh, like slow moving car wrecks are half of the fun. Uh, sometimes you're in them, sometimes you're not. Uh, <laughs> Geographically speaking, are there, have you noticed like certain patterns? Because you've, have you been, you've been around Canada. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed certain patterns like within communities that like sometimes mm -hmm. don't work or sometimes uh, they don't? Like the the younger they are, the more likely are they to be offended. Uh, oh. Yeah. Interesting. Because, uh, yeah, like yeah. colleges and comedy now is like an. Touch and go subject. That's why Jerry uh, Seinfeld doesn't do uh, colleges. Jerry anymore. Seinfeld is too wild for colleges. Like that's I'm fucked. Like exactly. <laughs> he, he won't do colleges anymore because yeah. it's it. He won't, there, Larry the so, cable guy won't do colleges. Because there's so, there's safe spaces and they have all these crazy rules about free speech and stuff like that. But then they are so limiting on what they have coming. But in. it's, it's the, like the issue crazy. with it is it's a very tiny group of people who feel that way like when you see these like whatever when it happens at U of T or whatever and you see like there's like 70 protesters outside there's like 15,000 kids who go to the school yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but it's, it's kind of like the whole um what's his name Peterson thing yeah right where he had like one opinion that wasn't on the left side of things and then he was ostracized from U of T Wow. Well, yeah. he's just, I think Jordan he's not sabbatical, actually. Uh, well, he's also now he making like shit. millions of, oh, no, then, I watch, oh, trust me, I watched that whole thing. Uh, and then he went on um, sabbatical. Yeah, yeah, I was watching that one. Uh, it was the Lindsay Shepard one that like weirded me out the most. I don't know if you guys saw that one. It was no. the uh, Laurier one where all she did was like in her class, she played like a two minute clip from Peterson's TVO thing. And then her. Oh, and then she got in so much trouble. Yeah, for it. and she then almost her, got fired. Yeah, her professors like uh, dragged her into his office, started telling her that like she broke the law and that this yeah. was like a violation of people's human rights. And she was just smart enough to record it. Uh, yeah. And, but like throughout that whole thing, if you looked at all of the media in Toronto uh, and Canada to a degree, all the major papers were like, "This is fucked." Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank and then God. you kind of started to see like places like Vice and now Toronto, if that's even a thing, uh, now magazine or whatever, they were all like trying to frame it as though she did something wrong, and it was right. like, yeah, and her professor no. is the victim here, and you're like, wait, what? Oh yeah. Uh, and then yeah, and then lots he, of people think he's like on the very far right, and he's like totally out to lunch and a crazy person and, yeah. but he's not really if you really listen to him talk and I think it's really important especially in universities 
in an education that you need to talk about uh, both sides. You can't just like have the left because then you push people out into the world well, that, that was, can't have a real conversation. That was why the Laurier thing blew my mind so much because the Shit. more they investigate, <laughs> I like that that's going to be on it. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. The more that they investigated it, the more you saw like things started to fall apart where it was like uh, nobody, there was a complaint and then, uh, well, we don't really know where the complaint came from and then the, their like rainbow center was like, actually, we were the ones who got the complaint mm. forwarded it and then they did the investigation. It was like, okay, there was no complaint and then they went back to the rainbow center and they're like, oh, no comment and it's like okay a lot of you guys told a lot of weird stories here yeah and then throughout the whole thing again they kept framing it as like well this is a trans issue this is whatever issue like the, she started this debate blah blah blah, blah. and it was like how, how is it at no point in time because like the investigation was like uh this guy just made the whole thing up they used the whole trans thing as a defense to cover the fact that they were just like blasting this chick yeah. Uh, and it was like, really, if the whole story, if he had just pulled her into his office and was like, yo, I don't like Jordan Pierce and I think that guy's an asshole and plays videos in my class, that would have been the end of it. Like, totally. And nobody would have even had a problem with it. But they did this whole thing and then they turned it into this whole huge debate and nobody from that side ever once looked at that guy who was like, oh, actually, it was the trans community and went, hey, dick move. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. Also, like, university should be the place for debate. Right. Should be the place that you get to see the far right and the far left and you can have that education that gives you but isn't it that they say that the people that go to university and are the most educated, educated tend to be to the left? Uh, so, no, not necessarily. No, it's, it's actually like, uh, more this liberal. Is, right? If you ever check out the Heterodox Academy, uh, I think like Jonathan Haidt actually runs it. He uh, just like goes through all of the. Sti- I really like statistics. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he goes through all the statistics of just who the professors were going up, and it was like in the '90s, all of the like older professors started retiring, and you started to get like that full wave of like 60s and 70s professors started to become the upper echelon. Mm-hmm. And he was like, at that point, uh, the, I think it was like conservatives to, uh, conservative to liberal professors was like, four, uh, sorry, liberal to conservative professors was four to one. And then now it's like 20 to one. And mm-hmm. you just, you never run into an alternative opinion. So now, uh, so now when somebody does come through, they seem freaking wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, I, but like people have their own, media sources now and you end up getting in very bizarre debates with people even if you want to talk about something casually yeah like when i first got here i made a joke to someone i had met that i was like excited to be here for the uh doug ford like extravaganza that's about to happen <laughs> like not because i like him or anything i just i like the idea of the madness that's going to come with it yeah. uh because why not and uh, there's a lot of material in that is that why there's a lot of material in it but it's fun to watch people just like freak, freak out, out about stuff yeah. and i had pointed out that i was just like yeah they um i was like yeah i just saw yesterday that he's he was leading the polls today it's different but at the time he was leading by like a really big margin and the person i was talking to was like oh what alt-right site did you get your news from and i was like uh the toronto star and it's like it's on cbc too and it just it's if they don't want to hear something i again i don't support the guy i I could not give a shit actually i've never voted in my life uh i just like watching the madness and but like i just pointed out that yeah this was in the paper today and they were like well that must be a lie and it's like okay that's dangerous uh (laughs) super dangerous these like terms that are being thrown around like alt-right and neo-nazi are very dangerous 
Yeah. Oh, we I already, we already went through that. Uh, yeah. At one of my shows in Halifax, one of the guys on a podcast that we did uh, made a joke that the trans community deemed offensive. Uh, and then the next day we were in like some local paper and they were accusing us of like giving out someone's home address and advocating violence and all this weird stuff. And I was, I was yeah, I listened to it like seven or eight times and was just like, uh, okay, when did that happen? Uh, and then you start wow. talking to them and it's like, uh, I was, where did you guys get advocating violence? And then they respond back with uh, anything that hurts someone's feelings is violence. And I was just like, oh, okay. Cause people think we were telling people to show up to your house and beat the shit out of you. Like this, this is, you are, it's, you're making some pretty wild claims here. That's a huge jump. What, on the spectrum. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, but like, oh, we were called like Nazis, white supremacists, racists, rapists, which I was like, wow, that's a really big fucking leap for something you heard on a podcast. Yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. And so it just, it, we realized just like how out of hand it was getting. And it, yeah, it that one did not end well. Uh, no. No. Uh, and I'm fully aware that that does not like, it's, like I said, it doesn't represent the group as a whole. It's just literally this tiny handful of people who have decided that I'm this, therefore I can tell you this and I speak on behalf of, and then you talk to the rest of their friends and they're all like, yeah, we fucking hate that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nobody ever wants to challenge someone just because right. you say I'm this, therefore I speak on behalf of. It's like, no, that's, that's not how any of this works. I... <laughs> no, there has to be like space for those nuanced conversations and like, there has to be space for those nuanced conversations. There has to be like not everyone agrees with you. Like there are g- the there same. are gay people who voted for Trump. There are black right. people who didn't agree with that whole kneeling during the anthem thing. I'm not saying uh, you're right or you're wrong, but no group. There are more differences within a group than there are between two separate groups. If you take uh, two like uh, black men and white men, we have more overlapping things in common than we do differences. But if you take one group and break it down within itself, it has way more differences. Sure. Uh, and so, yeah, it just, are, it, it's fun. Are those things that you consider when writing? Yeah. Uh, I have uh, like one of my, I'll just do like one really quickly here. Uh, one of my favorite ones is I like to make fun of the media because it used to be, uh, it used to be news with a bit of editorial. Now it's all editorial with a bit of news sprinkled in. <laughs> like it was a subtle but significant flip. Uh, and I know that because it was uh, one of the ones in the Huffington Post was just like boldly titled, you can never judge a woman based on how she dresses. And I was like, oh, yes, you can. And like just saying that, I want, you can see like half the crowd get ready to be like, oh, I don't know where this is going. And I was like, and I know I can say that because everyone knows what I'm talking about when I say the website People of Walmart. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're women too. <laughs> so now I've taken, like, you take an absolute and you can break it down. And it's like, that's, that's how easy this ideology doesn't work because you do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I. And you probably see the faces on people go, like, hold yeah. back when you say those punchlines. Uh, punch I talk about transabled people in one of my jokes. And by the time I get trans out, uh, like, I can see half of them being like, oh, shit, this. And then abled comes out and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a group of people who are born healthy but feel like they should be disabled and some of them will like go out of their way and lop an arm off and shit oh uh, interesting yeah Ooh. and it sounds like a weird corner of the internet it's not uh, they uh, yeah they had, when I was in Edmonton they were having a convention uh, I don't know who goes I assume medical professionals and power tool salesmen uh, <laughs> But these guys, uh, yeah, and, but it was just something that the paper was, like, talking to them, and they were making it seem like this was completely normal, and I was like, no, this is it for me. Like, that's, this is yeah. where I'm drawing the line on progressivism. I'm out. Sorry. Uh, 
That seems like, crazy. No, like you can exactly you can do whatever you want with your body. That's fine by me. But like you're not watching my kids like that. <laughs> <laughs> right, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like we spend millions of dollars a year on those high school ads teaching kids not to cut themselves. Right. Like and this guy's fucking committing like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I didn't. I that stuff just blows my mind. Right. Yeah. But again, it's also a very small. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Small corner of the universe, you do whatever it is that you want to do, but I am allowed to look at it and go, ew. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> ew. <laughs> yes, you are. You're allowed to do that. Uh. Frank, do you ever think that you're just like, do you ever wake up and you're like, I can't be a comedian anymore? This is it for me? Oh, Jesus, dark. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, quick switch. Five hours ago. Uh, <laughs> Someday. Not that I can't be a comedian anymore, but just that, like, I I burn out on this, like, once a week at this moment in time. Yeah. Because, uh, like I said at the start, I am, like, mildly homeless, and, uh... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what happened? It's uh, just funny, because he's living with my friend right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm, like, mildly homeless, and just, like, I, whatever, I have a job, and I'm just building up cash, but for, like, the first two weeks that I was here... I'd be like going about my day and then I'd just be walking down whatever and I would have a brief moment where I realized how much of a house of cards this whole thing is and like if I miss this bus I don't have enough money to like catch the subway or whatever so I'm gonna have to walk like there's just all of these like little things that you don't realize as are stresses in your life till you have no fucking money yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so I just like from that and for two weeks it was just like do I even want to do this and you just kind of figure out how to do it mm-hmm. uh, I don't know but I just I'm not one to panic because no one's ever told me a story where it was like, no, I just blacked out and freaked out and everything worked out. Like yeah. that's not... <laughs> no, no, no. That's like not... your survival instincts kick yeah. in and you have to make it work, right? Yeah. Your survival instincts kick in, but like I don't have to do this. Like that's the trick about being an artist, right? This is voluntary. Uh... Yes, but <laughs> would you want to do anything else? Uh, you know what? When you have like nowhere to live and you haven't showered in like two or three days, you're like, maybe. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and if so, what would you do? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I never put too much thought into it, to be honest. Uh, I've always like I when I used to work at the government, I hated it uh, just because it was like when I left, they do an exit interview and they're mm-hmm. like, "How did you like it?" And I was like, "This is deaf in slow motion." Did you tell them that? Yeah. Amazing. Uh, it, <laughs> How did they react to it? They were like, what did you mean? I was like, I feel like we're pretty straightforward with that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was like one sentence. Like, <laughs> No, because it was like I talked to the people who work, and they're all lovely people, don't get me wrong. Uh, but you talk to them, and you realize that like you come here 37 and a half hours a week, and the moment you walk through that door, they all mentally check out. Uh, they go, they sit at their desk, they like type this shit in, they carry buckets or whatever the fuck people do there. Uh, CRA. <coughs> calling you out. Yeah. CRA, uh, it's tax season. I'm getting audited for sure. Uh, but like they carry stuff around, it's a whole thing and then like they just, they all work for Friday and then you buy like four cases of beer, you go to your campsite, you get shit-faced for 48 hours and then you come back on Monday hungover and you mentally check out waiting for next weekend yeah. and I just, I couldn't do it. They also, they work no. on contracts and I got fired once on a Friday and rehired on a Monday and I didn't appreciate it. So, oh. uh, <laughs> that is super annoying. Yeah. Um, but that was, uh, again, nothing bad against them. Please don't audit me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have no money. What are you going to take? Uh, <laughs> So we'll uh, just hire you again. Yeah, yeah. Take come back. <laughs> That's our punishment. Take your paychecks. Offer you like way too much money that you have to go back and work for them. Actually, you know what? I uh, I have nothing bad to say about them because the first time I was ever offered to go on a tour out west, um, I think it was like the last stop tour or something with my buddy. Um, 
they, it came up last minute and they had messaged me and I had two weeks left, two and a half weeks left in my contract and it was going to start the next week. So I just went in and I was like, Hey, I got offered to do this tour, which isn't me asking. It's just me telling you, I'm not going to be here. For two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like I figured this was it. Goodbye. Uh, and they were like, Oh, okay. One second. And I just went back to doing whatever it was that I did. Uh, and then they came out and they were like, yeah, you've been here for like three months. And my contract was for like three months and eight days, which means I was in the union by like eight days. Wow. Uh, and they were like, and you have whatever, like three weeks of vacation saved up from all your other contracts. And I was like, how long are you guys keeping this a secret? Yeah. Uh, That's weird. Yeah. And so they were like, so yeah, you can go do your thing as long as you come back. So they made me come back the day before my contract ended. So yeah, they paid me the whole time. I used all my vacation time or whatever. And then I just came back with like a half day left, had pizza with everybody, said our goodbyes. Oh, <laughs> like someone was looking out for you there. Yeah. So they, they get it. Like they, yeah. n- nobody wants you to, everyone wants you to get like a safe job until they see you at a safe job. And, and then the dying. moment you get an opportunity to do anything else, they're always like, run. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away. Yeah. Uh, totally. So like, yeah, I, like I get it. Um, do you think being, it's like, well, being an artist, being a comedian, I guess we'll say, yeah. is you think it's killing you? Slowly? Uh, oh, absolutely. It's also a slow death? Uh, it's a slow, every, when I was running rooms, whenever we would get a new comic, uh, I think like every third one would send me like this big long thing after the end of like their first or second set about how like, this is what they're going to do with their life. I'm going to do comedy. Like this is my thing. They were like so into it. I've never, yeah, I've never had so much more fun, blah, 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 blah. And I would just tell all of them, like, just think of the thing you love the most. And then just hold it out of a car and like grind it against the floor for a few years. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's all this is. Because uh, uh, they have to like grind it out. You, have, you to... have to be bad. There's no, yeah. like the first, it's, if you can get through the first six months, which is almost you exclusively eating shit. Because mm. um, you're like, oh man, that sound went really well. And then you watch someone who's actually good and you're like, I'm shit. Like there, right. it, it goes away really fast. Uh, the like weirdest scenes you'll ever run into are the ones where there are no like professional comics. So it's just like a bunch of open micers to figure it out. And that's where you get like the weird sausage fest rooms where like walking people is a badge of honor. And it's like, yeah, well, is the guy on the lineup after you. Fuck off. Uh, <laughs> And you run into those guys because nobody really picks up on anything. They're just, oh, I was the best this week. Therefore, I am the best. And it becomes like this more competitive than Mm. like respectful. It's weird. Right. Uh, But those rooms are really fun to do because you'll meet those guys and they'll just, they'll be able to make like 50 guys laugh. And then one, eventually they'll get to yuck yucks or something. And all of a sudden, all of those jokes that used to like pop your football team do nothing because they're all sitting next to their wives and this isn't funny anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's fun just to watch them like search in the dark, like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. That rape joke works every time. Like it's, yeah. Mm. And you start to see like reality come crashing down. And we all have those moments. I'm not making fun of those guys. I've, falling for that shit too like it's it happens it's part of growing up uh that's yeah most comics don't get like famous till they're like 15 years in it's because you're older and you see shit 20 year old comics are my favorite because they don't know anything oh your mom just cut you off of allowance tell me more (laughs) 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 so true Uh, yeah cool any other questions um no. Do you want to plug anything? Do you want to tell us what you're doing? Uh, Where are you performing? Yeah. Uh, oh, I have uh, a show in Nixon, Ontario, because that's how well my career is going. Uh, it's still Nixon, a show. It is a show. Actually, no, it's going to be a fun time. They're really cool. Uh, small towns are always the best. Uh, Nixon, I think, on the 12th, and then in Sudbury, I'm on some sort of like 
pot show, which is right up my alley. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's like a 420 festival of Dr. Bongs or whatever. I have no idea. I should have really <laughs> written this down. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Where's your manager friend? Yeah. What is she doing? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> so uh, no, I'm back on my own again. So I got to figure all that stuff out. Mm, cool. I got to get like headshots, be an actual professional. That's the one thing about coming to Toronto is I have to like fit in now. What is your, like, what would be your... What, if you, what's the big goal? Like, what would be your end best? Scenario? Oh, if I could afford a place like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the exposed brick, right? This is the, the exposed, exposed brick. brick. It's in a building that looks like it should be old, but it's not. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah it's what is it's like a converted Catholic school or something. Yeah. Uh, it's converted like something. Industrial building, yeah. Converted just, industrial building. Just make enough money. This is where all the tragedies happen. <laughs> Yeah, no, just uh, honestly, just yeah, if I could make enough to get by and do it, but I'd never, I didn't get into it for any specific reason, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I never got into it for a specific reason, so I never had a specific goal, but I like, I like doing it and it's fun. And like I said, if I like spin out of this with like a marketing or advertising job, I'd be cool with it. If yeah. s- somehow I get into acting, that's fine. If I could write, that'd be just as much fun. As long as it's not me sitting in front of a computer typing random numbers into something that means nothing. Right. No. <laughs> um, I did have one question before we finish. Okay. Go for it. Um, how do you like manage doing a side gig? And doing comedy at the same time. Uh, you just have to give up on a personal life. Uh, <laughs> I haven't like dated anyone in like four or five years. Uh, like dated, dated. Dated, dated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just like yeah. I would like when I was running two. I will never run two shows again. I can tell you that mm-hmm. uh, because that, you feel no like that one. I did that for a specific reason because I wanted to like up my game a little bit, but you realize, like, you start to feel trapped. Uh, you can't, like, I couldn't go away for five days because I had this show to run, I had this show to run, and comics are, like, the least reliable people on earth. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'd, like, these shows to run, and then I'd be working, like, four other days, and I'm working nights, and humans work day hours, and you just never see them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had one girl that I was kind of seeing right at the start when I was, and I did a show out west, and I was like, yeah, I go on at, like, 8.30 or whatever. And then while I was on stage, like, my phone is just blowing up in my pocket. Uh, and I'm just getting a billion text messages. So I'm like, yo, who's dead? Uh, uh-huh. And so whatever, got off stage, opened it up, and it's her. Uh, and it's all these messages about where am I? I'm not messaging, blah, blah, blah. I must be off with, like, some girl or whatever. And it's like she forgot about time shifts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. so it's like 8.30 here, whatever time going on, and it's like midnight over there. And yeah. it's just like, yeah, this is the end of this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, it's hard to sustain a relationship. It's hard to sustain a relationship. It's incredibly lonely. Uh, being a comic or being an artist or both? Uh, like when I was in New Zealand, I there were like legitimate days where the only person I speak to is the person I'm ordering my coffee from until you get to whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so you, you don't realize that until mm-hmm. you're there and you're supposed to go with your friends. And I didn't. Uh, <laughs> so it's just, yeah. it's things like that. Like when I was driving to, uh, I drove from Winnipeg. I had to do a show in Edmonton from Winnipeg and that's like a 20 hour drive. So I slept for like two hours, got my car, started driving. And then you just realize through like the Northern Saskatchewan roads, there's fucking, Tell me uh, about oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> We're from out there. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like halfway through, I was like, I should have brought a sock puppet. Uh, <laughs> and Just like, Mr. Rogers. Yeah. And, I was like, and then like 10 minutes later, I was like, it's probably a good idea to bring that sock puppet. I totally would have fucked it. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> It was just, it was getting like super lonely. And then at one point, like I hit a bird and like two minutes later, I was super jealous of that bird. Like it's, just, it's 
It's fun. You meet a whole bunch of really cool, amazing people, but everything is really temporary.、Uh, and then there are just like moments where you end up exhausted and you are like hanging out alone and you're just like, what am I doing? And so it's, like you said, it's a really weird thing、and、of emotions where some days you do wake up and you're like, what's happening? You should do another comic. Oh, the same fuck、schedule. that shit. They are. <laughs> Yo, comics are head cases, me included.、Uh, <laughs> well, maybe another. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stop suggesting things. No, no, I, I actually, when I started, I opted never to, like, I, not never, but like, I was not somebody who was like, all right, I'll just sleep with other comics, because, yeah,、uh, some of them are. Also,、not. there's not very many female comics, is there? There's a lot more than you think. Yeah, I think、uh, there's like more and more. There's more and more, but it's the same as anything. You see all the guy comics, you know the guy comics you know are famous, but like, you have to realize that there's like hundreds of thousands of other guys who never even come close to that. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same, same. for women.、It's, yeah. There's just less of you try, but that same percentage of them still go up. Like, yeah. yeah, you all know who like, Chelsea Handler is and stuff like that.、Mm-hmm. It's, some do.、Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying it's easy.、Uh, it seems pretty ridiculous.、Uh, And sometimes you watch, like, I think open mics are the worst for girl comics. And I don't mean they're the worst at open mics. I mean, that is where you hear the worst because it's like, these guys aren't comics either. And then they'll go up and say, like, I, like, I was at a show last night and some guy went on a rant about how, like, when girls get catcalled,、uh, that they should just put their earbuds in because you have your earbuds in. Yeah.、Uh, for those of you who can't see this,、I'm、yeah,、glaring. her face was immediate judgmental. <laughs>、uh, oh, yeah, no, but that, that's the thing. And the whole, so, like, victim blaming. Cool. Yeah. Fuck yeah. you, buddy. And so, like, they say stuff like that, and it's like, again, I'll never see this person at like a regular show. It's his third time, like, it's that kind of thing or whatever. And it's like, but then people see that once and they're like, oh, that's what open mic comedy is and whatnot. And it's like, to、right. a degree, yeah, depending on the show you're at, but that's not what comedy is. Like, that, they filter、mm-hmm. out really early. Yeah. Yeah. And then every now and again, one of them gets really good at it.、Uh, <laughs> like a dice play just starts blowing up.、Uh, it's a Donald Trump effect. Just once every like 10 years or whatever, you're like, yeah, you know what? Fuck all this shit. And you go with it.、Uh, <laughs> That's amazing. Amazing. That's、cool. where we have to end. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, no Ray.、Problem. That was so fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Amazing. It's so different having a comedian. Yes. Based because we're dancers, so it's so weird thinking about like your process compared to our process. I don't understand what you guys do at all, but I also can't dance, so like that's. <laughs> Everybody mean, can dance. Everybody can dance, yeah. No.、Uh, <laughs> I am the only person in the world that cannot dance. Is that what you think? Listen,、uh, I'm like barbacking at the fifth and social right now. Come on a Friday. Trust me, there's a lot of confidence in that room. <laughs>、uh, like, the upstairs, the club yeah. club? Yeah.、Mm. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Frank. Thank you. See ya.